Being over 18 can be fun. Then there are just times where you just don't want to be an adult. <laughs> Hey fellow card holders, today is going to be a very interesting episode because I'm going to have one of my longest running friends on the show. So he is someone who's been in my life who has been one of my friends since we were 12 years old, basically in middle school. And we both grew up in a community where it was predominantly white and we were the only like to a very small amount of black people. We'll get into it later. I just want to put that out there that this is kind of going to be the discussion on how we kind of grew as black individuals and we re- we recognized, started recognizing our black identity. I felt like this would be a great conversation to have with him because he's always the person who uh, wanted me to talk more about it. And normally our conversations have been very heated when it got to these types of discussions. And this one was very calm. I feel like we've both grown um, and matured over time and so I was really happy that the discussion that we had was what had happened. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and just put it back on to that conversation and I hope you guys enjoy listening. Make sure that you give five stars on Apple iTunes and please make sure to follow and download every episode you can on Spotify. Help me out here please. (laughs) And let's get into it. Okay, so I have on with me one of my longest friends. We've known each other since we were like 12 years old. So now I'm 23 and you're 25. So it's been a while. 25. 25. So, Kyron, you moved to like where we lived, like where we grew up in Indiana. And it was kind of like a, I don't know. We, okay, I just want to say we graduated. We were two of 13. We checked. He pulled out his yearbook. We checked. Two of 13 black students um and we graduated with about 530 maybe closer to 600 like around there so what was it like for you coming from like where you did to a place like where we graduated um well so a little background on me um originally i'm um from gary indiana that's where i was born um i moved down to central indiana when i was Probably like how old was I? And yeah. Roughly like about to hit puberty, probably. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit sooner. Okay. Um, but to be honest, it really it really wasn't that big of a culture shock because for a majority of my life, I went to predominantly like white schools. Right? Really. So that's that's all i really have known like a white a white power structure um and just more so along the lines of just really how how white people think in mm-hmm. a way and i don't know if that's bad to say but it's something we like adapted um, to kind yeah of. yeah and it's and to be honest i really i really didn't start I really didn't start involving myself with my own race until I got a little bit older, like until now. So probably within like the last past, I'd probably say two or three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's amazing to me because I realized that 
I'm I'm having to learn how to adapt and navigate in my own black community more than anything, which is can be a challenge at times when when all you know is what you've been taught and what right. you've been brought up on and things like that. Um, so for you, did that kind of start like after you left? Because you, I still live currently in a hometown and I went to, like I went to college that wasn't that far. So I always kind of came back, mm -hmm. but you were like one of, basically the only one of us who like didn't go to college, who like kind of branched out to like a further into a different part of central Indiana where it's so much bigger and so much prominent that like mm -hmm. it, when I had to go through that, it kind of felt hard because I felt kind of an outsider to people who I felt like I probably should have been connecting to. Yeah. So for me, it was that same thing. It's um, it's realizing that you are black as well and your blackness is just as valuable as everybody else is. But again, it's looking at It's understanding that you are black and that you go through the exact same things that everybody else does. Mm -hmm. But because of the environment that you grew up in, it makes you look at the world very differently. And it really, to be honest, at least for me personally, I really had to do a lot of soul searching and a lot of trying to figure out where does Chiron fit in in this big world? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a black young man, but at the same time, I've grown up for a majority of my life around a lot of white people mm -hmm. in fluent communities and learning how they see things. And, and slowly, if I'm in that environment so much, I start adapting and, and growing accustomed to how they think. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it really wasn't until I got a little bit older, I started realizing, well, maybe... I need to dial back on some of the things that I think. What do you um, mean, like dial back? Uh, I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard question. Okay, um, so like I think for me, um, I felt like I changed depending on what environment I was in. So when I did go to college, I did join like what people would call like a white sorority because you know you have your um, PHA nine. and the mm -hmm. NPHA, yeah or NP, yeah, the Divine Nine. And um, when I first got to college, I was so wrapped up in who I thought I was because of where I did grow up in and the environment that we were in because mm -hmm. it was just so much easier to, to try to fit in with that because we didn't want to be outsiders. Like we were already outsiders because our hair was different or our skin color. Like there's people who were coming up to me telling me like, oh my God, you're so lucky that you don't have to go out and go into like a tanning booth or whatever and I could just like laugh along with him like ha 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 and then when I would go to college and I finally realized you know there's like a whole community of black people that I've never been towards other than like my family mm -hmm. uh, who are obviously gonna like take you in because you're family and um it was harder that I couldn't I felt like at that point I couldn't be who I was in the previous environments because I wanted to fit in once again with these, this black community. And obviously like when I was a freshman and I was very impressionable because you just want to try to make friends and try to meet new people. And it was hard to do that. So I felt like I had to tone back who I was in some areas and push forward in others. And then when I would switch back 
to the other group of people who I was with, I would dial back what I had just done with a whole other group of people. And I can see that. Yeah. You know, same, same exact way. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. And a lot of that, like, I definitely feel stupid for. I definitely do. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that somebody should feel stupid, but it's just one of those things to where when you, when you're a little kid, even a even a adolescent, you know you don't you don't really see the world for what it's worth until mm-hmm. you're a little bit older. So it's just one of those things to where it's like you didn't know at the time, but now that you are older, you've been through a little bit more, you've seen the world in a different light. You just you know note it, take mm-hmm. what you know, and and. Uh, it's a huge part of growing up too. Yeah. Like, it normally when people grow up, they're going to like go through the life to figure out who they are, and to, like you said, figure out where you fit in the world. But also with that, it's finding out who you are, like as a person, like aside from everything around you. Like who, instead of like trying to fit into an environment and fit where you are in the world, it's kind of like how do you feel more comfortable with yourself, and that um I don't know a lot of it I am basically just bringing back to like how I grew up because there was a lot of things that I didn't feel comfortable with because of where our environment was Mm -hmm. um that I'm still learning how to be okay with like I'm still learning how to be okay with my hair I'm still learning how to be okay with the way I talk even though the way I talk shouldn't be a problem, but for some people it is. That's just how you talk. Yeah. That's just how I talk. It, it always has been. Um, and I feel like both sides of people who I've been with are kind of like either like annoyed, impressed, happy about it. Like um, it, it feels like I have to perform kind of, like I have to put on a face. Like you're tap dancing. Tap dancing? Tap dancing. What do you mean? you are you're performing you are you have these two different worlds these 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 two different faces that you have to feel like yeah. you're putting on and yeah. you're tap dancing in one area and then when you try to feel like you want to be yourself <clears throat> and be what you know is true to Aaliyah it's hard because you still are feeling like you're having to put on this I don't want to say image but no no you're that would be a good word though because sometimes I do feel like I'm like like you can't let people down in both arenas yeah that's a good way of putting it and also no actually I think that's like what you said it was probably like the best way it's like I don't want anyone to kind of cast me aside like as if I didn't do well enough kind of thing like I don't want someone to think I wasn't doing enough or acting a certain way and not fulfilling what I probably should be fulfilling, which ha- they have no right to say, obviously. Um, so that has to do kind of like with me and how I'm feeling. But I think also one way for me to do that 
is I know like you've hated it because I've said it multiple times and you're like, but why? But like, I do need to get out of this space that I've known for so long because I feel like it has, by space, I mean Indiana, because I feel like it's all that I've known and it's all that I've really seen other aside from like a small vacation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like putting myself into a different environment, it really strips away everything that younger me thought I should act and younger me thought that she should look or how she should talk, how she should dress, like all that stuff and figure out like who I am and how I'm going to move forward from that point. So I know like you, you're kind of like, I want to work in my community to make it better, which is great. So how are you doing on that so far? It's, uh, it's going well. Um, I absolutely love it here and when i was little i always you know thought about traveling and living in other cities and you know so forth but to be honest um all the work that i do whether it's with my job um working for the fire department or i think about mentoring kids or anything that has to do with community service to me like it always goes back to the people and you know while there are amazing cities out there and um there's life outside of indiana i know that there are a lot of people um both children and adults that will never they'll never see the four the four streets outside of which they live Mm -hmm. um and that's crazy to think that you know some people have never gone like a block or even outside the state whatsoever. Um, So when I think about all the people here in the city of Indianapolis and just central Indiana in general, and I think about how I can help them and all those things, that's, for me, that's why I've never wanted to leave because I feel like I'm leaving them in a sense. Now, granted, you have people that need help all over the world, Mm -hmm. um, but... You know, you're looking at like what's around you and you can't leave that without you trying to like make it better. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much. But you still have like your hobby. So the one thing that you like to do that I, I don't hate exactly, but you have this new thing that you're starting and had me <laughs> do a voice of a little, a little some, some, you know, just cause like my voice is so amazing. Um, <laughs> I lied. I was actually really nervous sending you the tracks cause I listened to myself laugh and I uh-huh. said, let's just throw her away. I mean, it actually sounded really good once, it I did. Put it, once I put everything together and the music and yeah, so. Okay. But before I get off track, you have like this new skating group uh-huh. called the Misfits. Yeah. So, um, Roller skating is something that, like, most people think about, like, it's recreational, right? You're just going around. And around and around like and, around hamster, and right? around and around. But believe it or not, in the black community, roller skating is very prominent and mm-hmm. has been prominent for years. For us, it's like an underground club almost. Um, what was that movie? Was it ATL? Yeah. I love that so, movie. That, actually, when I was a kid, I liked skating because of that movie. Uh-huh, but yep. then when I got older... Um, 
I don't know. I think I like just ice skating better just because with roller skating, I just thought I was doing so well. And I look around, mm. I see everybody like doing all these tricks and stuff. I'm like, these are things I never learned. <laughs> and and the skating rink that you've taken me to, it uh, is like you feel that black community come together yeah. and they're doing all that stuff. Yeah. And I just, I think sometimes I just feel like so out of it that like, I'm like, it just looks so much better when I'm on ice rolling, I, like ice skates uh, because it looks cooler than I'm not falling. <laughs> nah, I can... I can understand that. Okay, but continue, my bad. Um, so, yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, ATL is uh, it's about a group of kids that live in Atlanta, and roller skating is a lifestyle. Um, and, and it's actually based off a true story. Um, out, it, It's based off of a true story about a skate group in Atlanta. Um, but for us, for people like me, um, there's – this lifestyle is not something that's a movie or TV. Like it's real. We have adult nights um, mm-hmm. every every week from about I say about nine to two o'clock in the morning, where you have people skating, they're dancing. Um, and this isn't uh, anything new. Like this has been no, around for is, like 30, 40 years. Because my parents have as, gone dates there, like when they first yeah. started dating. So I mean, skating has been going on since before the the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we travel. We always go to Cincinnati. Um, Dayton, Chicago, St. Louis, Tampa. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely a big deal. Um, so to backtrack, um, me and my friends, we wanted to start a escape group. As you should. And we wanted to do it because we want to give the younger generation something that they can make their own and make their legacy. Um, and really, there's only one skate crew in Indiana, um, and we just wanted to give our kids, our youth and stuff, another outlet. Um, something that is not only a skate crew, but it's a family, you know? Uh, we do community service, um, we do events, we may go bowling, um, laser tag, whatever the case may be, and it's and it's always um, so much more than skating. And it's it's that family atmosphere as well. Uh, but the uh, skate crew is called the Misfit Riders. And for short, we just say Misfit. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's all about the people and giving back and um, giving people a platform to have fun and just skate and do their thing. That. So. See, like, at first I thought it was just like, oh, we just pulled, like, a skate group together. And I was like, oh, here they go. Making some, like, some really cool videos of, like, them doing tricks and stuff or having fun. Which I thought would, like, obviously be cool. But I was, I didn't realize, like, how deep it went. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just like you have people that go clubbing and jazz clubs or biker gangs and stuff, it's the same deal with roller skating. So, yeah. Did you come up with that? I feel like. What? Like, did you come up with, like, doing all that? Uh, it was. A, I don't know. You're just like such like a good person. Like I feel like you it would try to combine effort. like what you love to do and hobby, and then like ways that you want to like. It was a it was a group effort. A lot of my uh, friends that are in the crew uh, were all very like minded, um, and we all have amazing talents. And there are some things that they can do that I wish that I could do. Mm. Um, so we all just kind of put our heads together, together. Um, we all have the same goals and see the same future that we want, not only for ourselves, but those that come 
behind us and uh, we just want to put something together to give back to the people so that's great all right so now we're gonna kind of move into like similar segment but you know as you know and as hopefully people listening to this know it is black history month so i do want to talk about the importance of it because for me it has changed the meaning of black history month has changed now it means so much more now to me than it did when i was a kid because where we grew up we only learned about black history and anything notable during this month and i feel like it was so pushed together that like it was only during like history class and our teachers would make us watch uh i don't know if you remember but it's like a that movie called i had a dream and it was mm-hmm. like a, that animated I series do. yeah so like it was all about dr martin luther king or about rosa parks like it was only about the people who we learn about every year and at this point like i think i was sick of hearing it because i was like i get it almost I think it was mainly because when I was in a class, I can honestly say, I don't think we were ever in a class together in high school. No, not not in high school. Middle school, yes. Yeah, but, but middle school got, was like easier. we got to high school, I don't, yeah. Yeah, we so. We didn't have any classes together. When we were in high school, I was basically, for the most part, there might've been like some, depending on what class and what semester, but I was usually like the only black person in the class. Same. And so, when things would come up or we would watch videos, everybody would turn to me like, oh, how is Aaliyah responding to this? Or what does she think about this? Or like if the teacher had a question, everybody would expect me to know the answer. And I just got so sick of Black History Month because everybody expected me to act a certain way or do something a certain way that mm-hmm. like I just got sick of it because I never learned anything new. I didn't feel like Like, I felt, like, grateful that everything had happened. And I felt sad when I learned about um, the hatred and racism that was happening. Um, I don't think it really hit me until I was, like, like the later points of high school when I found out. So, do you remember in, like, Little Rock, Arkansas, like, the kids? Yeah. Little Rock 9, yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, I found out from my grandpa that he was like four years, three or four years away from having a chance to go to that school because he's from, he's not from Little Rock, Arkansas, but he has lived there. Like he grew up in like a neighboring city Mm -hmm. and that was like bad enough. Like he got to see all that stuff like up close. And so it didn't really hit me that so many things that we were learning that they were like, oh, this is in the black history, this all things happen and everything's good now, segregation's over and yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, those people who are in those videos and who are doing those things are somebody's grandpa. Like Mm -hmm. they still have such a huge influence on people who I'm growing up with. And that hit me so hard. And now I think you are starting to, Granted, it is 2021 right now, so we have just elected a new president not mm-hmm. too long ago. Um, however, these last four years, we have had President Trump in office, and I think that you are starting to see a lot of those ideologies that this country was brought up on. Mm-hmm. Um, you're starting to see that come come back, um, and it. And it's never really been gone or hidden. Um, it's always been there, but now people feel feel like they have, you know, the uh, 
freedom to mm-hmm. Um, and back then it was like a hidden like they would have like these subtle digs or these like little dives that they would put in and we didn't really know how to react to it because we're just like okay you just stay over there then like you you can you can say what you what you want I guess but you you don't ever say that to me and now it's like if that's how you want to act and that's how you want to say things like I'm just done talking to you and I think like I've had a cut off. Oh, I don't think like I have had a cut off um, people obviously like on Facebook, but like in life, like if I were to ever see them, I would just like turn the other way. And I, I don't want that to sound petty. It's more of now I have a different perspective of a person and I don't want that negativity mm-hmm. in my life. Like I don't, I don't need to see people who are acting the way they are around me and influencing how I feel about things or how I do things. So I have a question for you real quick. So yeah. do you remember when Michael Brown, when that whole incident took place? Give me a little rundown. I'm, I'm so, really bad, but. I believe it was in Missouri. Um, he was at a gas station or whatever, and he got, I think, accused of mm. um, st- stealing some candy or whatever. And I do he remember got that a little bit. into an altercation with a uh, officer, and he ended up dying um, in uh what's the city called um ferguson ferguson missouri mm-hmm. do you remember how old you were when that happened i don't so that happened in two, in two it was the summer of 2015 oh so i was 17 yeah i was still 17 so if you can remember back to that time what what feelings did you have at that time period i think that's when like i said like it was until like later in high school and then when things like that started happening um i was terrified and it wasn't really for me it was for my brother mm-hmm. i thought like i would be fine um and i was stupid thinking that but i looked down at my brother and I realized that he's gonna be an adult one day. Cause mm-hmm. when I was 17, my brother was 12. So he was like starting to get into middle school this is when he was like, obviously gonna like hit puberty. And every time something happens, I always look at my little brother. Like my sister, sometimes I'm scared for her, but then I remind myself that I'm terrified of her. She's military trained, like she's a military police officer. Like obviously like something still could go wrong and like she could be at the wrong time. But I feel like being a black male and this society is literally right under being a black female. And it's really because I don't ever want my brother to be in the wrong position, like the wrong place, wrong time. I don't want him to ever, you know, fit the criteria of someone someone else is looking for. I don't ever want him to be like, um, wrongly, wrongfully accused of something from another individual because I can't be there or someone I know can't be there or whatever to stop something from happening. So when you think about that and you think about your dad, right? Mm -hmm. He's older, grew up in a different generation, Mm -hmm. different time. Do you have those same thoughts and fears for him, even though that he's your dad and you know that he's older and you. I do. So with my dad, um, when my parents got divorced, my dad ended up moving to a different part of Indianapolis. And 
he was going to be by himself. My dad doesn't do guns. His brother does. Like, his brother was in the military, so my dad doesn't really have that sense of protection. Like, my dad is a scary-ass dude. Like, I'll say, well, maybe not anymore. Like, obviously, I grew up, and I'm not afraid of butt weapons anymore. But, like, um, I do feel scared sometimes that he will be in the wrong place, wrong time. And I feel like it's always that. It's never that you're afraid that, oh, no, what if he makes the wrong decision and does something bad? It's always, like, what if he's in the wrong place, wrong time, and somebody else decides to do something to him? Because I feel like my family, you know, obviously I'm biased, but like I've been told many times by other people that like my brother is so kind, so nice, he's amazing, I love him, he's like my second son, yada, yada, yada. Or my dad is, oh my God, that's your dad? Like, oh, I love him, we used to work together, oh, we grew up together, we did this. Like one but of my past the same teachers. The person that says that, you could have somebody on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, that but it's like it's thinking that like my like me knowing that if something were to happen i don't ever want to be that person on tv saying my brother or my dad didn't deserve this because that's to me like it's not i don't know it i don't know how to explain it like i just i never i never want to be one of those people and that sounds bad that that happens to people but like i always see that and i'm like i don't want to be you but i can't stop it like i'm not gonna be with them 24 7 kind of thing but you you are the older brother of two two younger sisters two young black sisters Mm -hmm. so how are you feeling in that One one thing that I have come to realize is I think that, and, and I never really thought about this until I was a little bit older, but I think that a lot of black women, especially when you're younger, I think they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. I, I've I've come to learn that it's extremely hard for mm-hmm. them to navigate in a world that was not meant for them. Mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about, you know, beauty standards and what people perceive as beautiful, or you know, we're talking that's about that's a whole other that yeah, right whole, there. That's a whole, a whole other, other conversation topic. that, like, I that is something that, like, I have I definitely struggle with. We're talking a lot. about how they're seen in sports, okay? You take a black athlete versus a white athlete that are both female. How are they treated? How are they how are they seen? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that comes to mind is Serena Williams, right? Mm-hmm. She's a world-renowned tennis player, and there was an article that I read one time that talked about how she's perceived differently than her white tennis player counterparts and how the umpires handle her and you know things like that um or like if she gets like overexcited Mm -hmm. on the court i remember that because she she got really upset once and then she got like i don't know what they call it in tennis but like basically she got called out for it and i remember seeing something that was just like this is just another like black female just like this is just how they act and kind of thing but it's just she's an athlete like any other athlete like in that scenario would probably get upset mm-hmm. and she's just showing that emotion on her face and you know obviously screaming but that yeah yeah but to 
I mean, to to uh, tie a ribbon around what you asked, I have, um, there's a lot that I'm having to relearn and learn um, that I really didn't know before until it presented itself to me. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful. I am, I enjoy learning and I love, um, you know, always growing and evolving, but I, I kind of wish that it hadn't taken until 25 to um, figure some things out. So, yeah, I think that would like you needed to, excuse me. I feel like you would have needed to because you saw the environment that they were growing up in. And then when you left, you saw the environment that they would have to like, like, you know, move into like you saw like that little area that they were in that's not how it's always going to be like now Mm -hmm. they have to adapt and live and learn in this whole other world after because they're not always going to you know be in the school Mm -hmm. they're going to actually have to like live their actual daily lives i mean even being in your mid no no your early to mid 20s i'm sure you can relate to this as well it's like yeah you're an adult you have responsibilities and mm-hmm. you're you know trying to learn how to take care of yourself and just w- whatever you have going on work school whatever the case may be but it's like still and yet you realize that even in your early and mid 20s that you still have a lot of learning to do mm, definitely um, we're only and that it's extremely challenging at times um and you're older and stuff and you have more responsibilities but you don't know any much more than you did when you were 18 um Mm. especially when you talk about you know just being a a black woman and navigating the world kind of on your own if you're by yourself if you're on a college campus um and that can be difficult at times because I think you're still, especially in your adult years, your young adult years, you're still trying to figure yourself out and be okay with who you are um, and just, you know, know that that's that's how God made you. Um, but you're, you're fine exactly the way he crafted you, so... Okay, I kind of want to, so people don't realize this, obviously, because no one on this probably knows who you are, but you have always been, you know, a person who's always tried to get me to kind of, like, understand the importance of being a black individual. Yes. So Me and Aaliyah have had very heated discussions very heated discussions and i will still have heated discussions with you on to where we things. have frustrated each other and we're like not yelling but it's like i just want to shake her and like i'm like Aaliyah. oh i like, i do uh, the same thing to you okay first of all but no um i do feel like i i think it's because at some points i felt in our friendship that you had not like changed but changed because okay, how, it was like a full so? force. So like when we had grown up, you know, there is all a lot of things about sticking together and being like friends, and we got to make sure like we hold we hold on tight and stuff, which like made sense obviously. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to college, 
And I came back, all of a sudden it was like, you need to understand who you are and how important it is to be black in this environment. And I didn't know how to react to that, except for like, I felt like it was yet another person telling me that I had like turned, cause this wasn't the first time, you weren't the first person to say something like that to me. But at that time, it felt like someone else um, that was kind of close to me, which you were closer to me than this person was at the time. But it was like you were saying, I turned my back on being a black individual because I had adapted so much into the predominantly white community that I was so frustrated because I was like, what do you need me to do to be a black individual, a black woman? Like, tell me, like, I... this isn't like, obviously, I'm not trying to like bring up those heated discussions, but in that moment, that is how I felt. And obviously, like I've moved past it, I've tried to grown from it and like realize like what does it actually mean and stuff. But when someone does say things like that to people who grew up kind of the way I did, it kind of feels like I'm being forced to do something or like, someone is telling me who I am before I even have a chance to mm-hmm. figure that out. And I I think it's crazy that you say that because when I think back on it, the only reason I think I was so intentional and interrogative like I was is because I kind of, I saw yourself in me um, just a lot earlier on in life to where it's like, in my head, I'm like, I only wish Aaliyah would see, like, her potential. Like, not to say that you didn't see it, mm-hmm. but in my head, I'm like, if you could just tap me into this whole other amazing woman that you are and just really understand what you come from mm-hmm. and embrace it to its fullest, like you're, like, you're already great. So if you could just tap into this other side, it's like right. you would you would move mountains. Yeah. Um, I think that, though, like, because I was, like, 18 at the time, and I think, so you're two years technically older than me, so you were, like, 20. But I had come back from my freshman year. Um, my freshman year, like, I felt was pretty great. Uh, this is before, like, I joined really, like, any actual group. But... I had come back and I basically just needed to like put some feelers out there and figure out like who was I going to be in college kind of thing and I didn't figure that out until my second semester because first semester I was all about grades and getting grades and second semester I was like I need to go out and like meet new people uh, because I had like three friends so when I went back after we had this discussion, I kind of like took what you said. I don't really want to admit it because I didn't really like have like Kyron's voice in the back of my head. It was more of like, I do need to figure this stuff out. And so I did become really good friends with, well, I continued being really good friends with someone I met freshman year and him and I grew up in like the same kind of world. So he grew up in New York, but he also went to a predominantly white school. He tried to fit into there. When he came to college, he was kind of doing what I did, and we kind of, like, tried to stick to what we knew instead of, like, growing. And so it wasn't until, like, the end of sophomore year, like, towards the end of first semester sophomore year, that we started, like, going to the BSA, which is the Black Student Association, 
we started doing like the little walkouts and walks to understand like what how important it is to have our voices being heard without us having to speak because a lot of people didn't want to listen mm -hmm. so we had to use our actions <clears throat> there are a lot of things that like we started hanging out with a, a lot more black people to understand like the culture and realizing things that we missed out on so i feel like that really helped but it also was something that like I had to do for myself. Someone didn't tell me that I needed to do those things. It was like, this seems like something I needed to be a part of. And I had a friend to go with me who was going through very similar things. So if you had been there and you had seen those things, like obviously like you probably would have gone with me. But when I was younger, I never wanted to go to those things by myself because mm -hmm. I knew right away that I was an outcast. I was an outsider. I had no idea what was happening. I was still learning um, how to act around different kinds of people who grew up in different backgrounds than me. So that helped a lot. And then when I did come back and you were still asking me these questions and why can't you do this? I was like, chill, dude. I'm still trying to figure it the fuck out. Like, <laughs> I understand you're out here doing your thing, making a difference, doing like doing your shit. But like I myself was not ready to do any of that because I was still like I might have before had like dipped my toes in. Now I'm like trying to like wade in the water and mm -hmm. like figure out what way I'm going. So with all that being said, would you say that time is the one thing that's most important? Yeah, I do because I Just feel like it play out. You, you do have to let it play out. So by that, I mean like some people go a lot faster and they go head like head first into it. And then they're like there, they're like, they got it. Me, I had spent so much time growing up where we did to try to fit in and be around those people. Because when I was also younger, before my grandma died, I would spend summer camps with a bunch of uh, black people who grew up in the environment that my dad grew up, which is what he kind of wanted us to learn and stuff. Uh -huh. And then, but my dad really only trusted us to go to the camp with my grandma, but because it was for like the Edna Martins Christian Center. So I don't know if you've heard of them. They're still kind of down there, I think. But once she died, we stopped going to those things and I was 12. So then now I'm fully immersed in one side of things. And those people were not accepting as accepting because I remember like, apparently I was scary. Like obviously I have a resting bitch face, but like those people didn't know what to make of me mm -hmm. because I was a black individual in a 90% white community. So that's why I did lean on you and our other friends in like our tight knit circle. Mm -hmm. And we went to college and we got spread out or high school and we got spread out so far mm -hmm. that I had to put myself there. And then when I left high school, I had to put myself, it's kind of like I had to do over what I just did and it was very frustrating for me. So now that you are kind of come back full circle, mm -hmm. what, what is this like process told you about yourself? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I can even put those in words. I think it's just more of like, I need to stop trying to get acceptance from other people in the way that I am. And if somebody doesn't like me because of the way I talk or the way I act, 
then that's just like not who I need to be around. Or if some people are trying so hard to, or trying to get me to be a certain way, I just have to remind myself that like, I'm not here for them, I'm here for me. Mm-hmm. So if those people are not who, of those who want to be around me, then I don't want to change myself to fit in anymore. Cause I did that too many times in so many different ways. It's um, exhausting. It's so exhausting. And I'm only 23, dude. I, I, and I think a lot of times people say like, I act mature for my age, but I look like I'm 15. And I think it's just because the way that I've had to grow up, it's more of like being, is noticing what's happening in my surroundings rather than like just living in it because I have to be aware of who's around me because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to like, I don't want to say it's like fun people watching, but it's more of like, I have to evaluate the people who are around me and their, and their body language because if I get a whiff that these people don't want to be around me or like they don't enjoy who I am as a person, like I'm not gonna waste my time on it. And that's just it. So I guess that's what it's, it's what it's told me. I don't know. I'm a very talkative person, so I hope that made sense. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> it, it did. Okay, I kind of want to get on on you though because I came to interview you. <laughs> And you're like doing these things that you do, except for you're being so much nicer about it this way around. Um, yeah. So for anybody um, that doesn't know like how this relationship goes and just like how I am in general, um, I'm typically the one that's asking all the questions. Yes. But I, sorry, go ahead. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, no, no. Okay. But I wanted to ask you, how has this month, like knowing that there's a whole Black History Month out there and these are things that people, you know, have to realize nowadays, especially what's going on, how has it changed for you now than it did back when we were in school, when we were kids? Let me, let me understand your journey. So to be honest, it, it really hasn't changed much because I think for a lot of people, um, when it comes to school and Black History Month, I think, you know, you have a lot of kids that just learn it at school and they don't learn it at home. But for me personally, I, a lot of the things that we talked about in school, not only did I know about what I know, I knew about, um, you know, so much more. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Little Rock Nine, um, Emmett Till, Malcolm X. Not only did I know about these, what I guess most people would consider mainstream activists, but there, there were things that I was taught at home. Um, yeah, we didn't go into depth at school. It was kind of like yeah. a brush over. Like these are all the people so who were part of it. So for me, being at school and stuff, and seeing the movies and hearing everything, to me, like it, it was almost kind of funny. Cause I'm like, this is like you guys have no idea. <laughs> what all you are missing because mm-hmm. um, to me it was normal this was something that was always um, valued and taught to me at in my own home um, so I guess really the I guess really the big difference looking back at it and then fast forwarding fast forwarding until now 
it's just really making sure that I'm that I'm engaged and I teach people what I know and um and I just help help that next uh generation of uh kids so okay well I also know that you're kind of brushing over this because I do want to put you in like a hot spot right now so back maybe like six months ago at there was a graduation party for my little brother that one of my favorite teachers and dance coaches was present at uh-huh. and she came up to me and she asked if we were still friends and I was just like yeah we hang out every once in a while like um he's obviously one of my oldest friends like him me and the person that she's never met before because she went home school before high school um and she goes well I'd love to see how he's doing now because when he was younger and in high school, he was so concerned, or not concerned, but you always talked to her about how it was to grow up like in the environment that we are because you didn't know who you were as a person and you had like gone to her and, and kind of like spoke your mind to her about like how you felt and that, I don't, I don't want to like put words in yours or her mouth, but I just want to understand like what that situation was and how that could have helped you. So me being me, I am very intuitive. I mm-hmm. analyze everything. Everything. Every goddamn thing. Everything. I break things down to like the smallest molecule and I try to put it back together. So that's that's just me. And I've always been like that. But as a as a teenager, even as a middle school kid, I um I was very intentional about finding adults that I knew cared and that I had that chemistry with beyond them just teaching me Mm -hmm. a lesson. And for me, Mrs. Uh, Huffman, my... Shout out, you're amazing and I love you. Earth, space, and science teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was my junior year. She was one of those teachers for me, along with with many other um, teachers. And it didn't even have to be an educator. It it could have been a custodian, a gym teacher, um, Mm -hmm. whoever. But which I also think is really important to have. I'll touch back on it a little later. But I always, you know, I would always stay after class, or if I had downtime, I would have these conversations with people that I knew cared about me, and vice versa, because I was trying to figure out who I was. I had so many questions about the world and, and just me and trying to figure out where I fit in. Um, and again, me trying to create this image that I, that I felt like I had to uphold. Um, when you say like create this image, what do you mean? Like, what were you trying to do in that moment? Do you remember? Basically, I'm asking like, how do you think you've grown from what you were trying to do in that time? Like, what were some things that she might have told you or helped you? Like, what were the things you had to realize as a person? Well, I've now come to the realization that I am not only just fine with who I am and who I've come to be, but that it's okay for me to make mistakes. I don't have to Mm -hmm. have these extremely high expectations for myself and feel like I have to be so neat 
and so well put together because for years that is what I have strived to do um and it's not it hasn't really been until now that I have realized how how draining that is for me um Mm -hmm. because that's always been my goal is to make sure that I'm seeing you know very neat very well put together um I'm the best student, the best the best son, grandchild. I don't get angry, sad. So it's a lot um, of pressure that you're putting on yourself, too. Yeah, a, a lot of pressure that I really have not realized up until now. Um, but I think for me personally and a lot of people, we just have to be okay with understanding that we don't have to fit in a box um and fit a mode or a certain picture and it's okay to just to let to just let let ourselves be mm-hmm. uh, make mistakes fall um, all those different things and just get back up and keep it moving this is the best we're going to learn like if we were just people who as you had tried to be before like that perfect person there's just that so much build up from that that you're just going to pack away and then there's going to be one moment where you crash and you can't get back up yeah and i'm (laughs) i i don't want to say that i've crashed but i have come very close to it um and if it hadn't been for you know friends and family and people that care about me helping me guiding me um I think I definitely would have reached a point to where I don't know if I would have been able to to, uh, put myself back together again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's I think it's important for people to understand, you know, what they're doing, why they're doing it and that you don't have to be so well put together. Right. There is something that you said earlier when you said like you had been looking for teachers who you could talk to on like a deeper scale. It wasn't just like a class you go to and they teach you chemistry or something and kicks you out the room like after the bell rings. Um, That was hard for me to find in school because I didn't feel, you know how like they say like we look on the screen and we want to see people who look like us because they're the people who like we can connect with and talk Mm -hmm. to. So I'm glad you're able to find that. I think like I was so surface at that time that like I didn't talk to really anyone who I thought could understand anything because I was just like there we didn't have any black teachers we had a band um director in middle school Mr. White I love Mm -hmm. him in middle school so he was always fun and happy but in middle school like I wasn't talking about those things and obviously that school is very far away and I was in choir so it's not like I knew him very well but I actually had gone, I don't know if you know this, but like right after I graduated uh, from college, I kind of was on like a path of like, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. Like I didn't have the money to move out to a place where I wanted to go. So I moved back home. Um, I didn't have a job because why well, I didn't get one. <laughs> and um, for me, like I had thought like if I want to move somewhere and get a job where I wanted, I was going to have to um, save up a lot of money. So what I did was I worked at as, as an instructional assistant in our old middle school. I mm-hmm. went back and I worked. And it had been like 10 years since I've been there, right? So when I went back um, to work after I got the job there, 
um, one of the things I realized is that there still was, there weren't any black teachers still Mm -hmm. 10 years later. And it felt horrible. Mr. White was still there. He was still awesome. He was still cool. He was like great to talk to as an adult because it's like you get to go back into the teacher's lounge and you get to hear what they really say. Mm -hmm. I actually like talked to one of the teachers who I used to have and I said, hey, um, you didn't ever say anything like that to me, right? And he goes, no, you're one of the good ones. So I was like, woohoo. But one thing I learned is that being a teacher, especially a teacher who you realize that you can make a difference in someone's life and you can... um, guide people like these are people who like these are kids who don't have anyone really else to turn to when they're in school um because basically when you're a kid you're thinking no one's listening to you and especially in middle school you're going you have so many hormones in your body you have no idea what's going on but there are people I think I might have been a little biased but there are like some kids in there who I realized that they didn't have any representation they didn't have really any people to look to there are some people I would look some girls I would look at and I first am thinking, I'm like, you're adapting, you're adapting, you're adapting because like they're trying to fit in with this group who I realized I was trying to fit in with that same group mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And so there are things that I would do, like I would talk about their hair. Like there are girls who come in with braids and I'd be like, oh, that's cute. How long did this take? Who did, like, where'd you go? Or something like this. Obviously they're 12, but you can tell when I said things like that, um, their eyes lit up because mm-hmm. when I was in school, I got made fun of for having like um, braids, like cornrows. Like I got made fun of for those things because it looked different. Um, it stayed in one spot, it wasn't moving. And so I was like, when I used to see those girls come in, I was scared something like that was gonna happen. And there are sometimes where I did see some things like that happening. Um, like there was one time I came to school and my hair was like in like a twist out Mm -hmm. and I like felt so cute because it had taken me 10 years or like more like seven years. It was until like at the end of high school that I started going natural and I didn't have to like straighten my hair. And one of the kids asked me why my hair was like that. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I had my hair in twist the other day. I just took them out. I just felt like it. And she goes, well, why don't you just comb it out? So it's not as big. And I was like, Cause now there's like an 11 year old, like coming at me right now. Like, what do I do? I'm like, this used to be my environment. How do I handle this with a child? And I'm like, well, this is my natural hair. This is like, this is how it looks when I work on it. I didn't want to comb it out because Mm -hmm. I want it to look like this. And I can see in her face, she was so confused because she had never seen something like Mm -hmm. that. And it was hard because I'm looking at a school that I used to grow up in and seeing the same. it didn't change. I was just like, like our town and school system is trying so hard to work on diversity, but it was hard that I had heard about all this stuff that was supposed to be changing. And I realized that on the inside, it wasn't, it was the exact same. And I had realized that like I had two choices I could let it be how it was and just let these kids just go through school and not try to do anything. Or I could try to kind of change it from the inside and just be like, this is not how it should be anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, when I went back, I was the only black person, like only not black person, only black faculty member, the only one with the badge, except for of course, Mr. White. Um, but, as it was before, only some people knew of him, obviously. 
So when I would go to each classes or each classroom and I would see and I'd be a sub, I don't want to say I played favorites because obviously there's like colors or children of all colors and children of like all races, I guess. But you wanted to make sure that you gave your students the color, that opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten. Yeah. I wanted to uplift them. I didn't Mm -hmm. want them to feel how I I felt. And that's not saying that they're automatically going to feel that way. But like if there was even little moments, like there is like um kids who were of mixed races like white and black mm-hmm. and they were like oh i'm caucasian and i was like i would look dead like look them dead in the eyes and be like you're what and she's like i'm caucasian i'm like you're biracial and she goes well my mom's white and i said is well what's your dad and she goes well my dad's black i said you're biracial honey i don't know mm-hmm. what what is happening or why this is like why you want this but i do want you to know that like you have a black side to you and there's so much that's going to come with that as you get older because mm-hmm. even as because we grew up with biracial people and they did the exact same thing i remember one was biracial and he would be like oh i'm lighter than you and i'm like cool bro what do you want me to say to that <laughs> but now i can just be like half of you which is at some point might be all of you because there's one thing that my mom, my mom's biracial. Mm-hmm. So there is something that she had trouble with is that she was in the middle that people didn't really know. Like they would take her one way or the other. Like she went to one school, she was black. She went mm-hmm. to the other school, she was white. white. Cause she went to Lawrence. Um, and so she had trouble with being in the middle that people, society basically would say she's black. If you looked at my mom, you wouldn't know. Well, you would know she's biracial, but like, the first thing you would see is a black woman. And so like, I don't know, figuring out how to deal in that space is hard. Does that make sense? It is, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely a curveball. It's not easy by any means. Yeah, but I don't know, with that, that I just wanna, you brought up something about like, having those teachers to turn to. So mm-hmm. I felt kind of awful when I left because I did feel like the teacher that some of the kids were able to turn to weren't there anymore or wasn't there anymore. But actually when I did leave, there was uh, another black um, assistant who came really? in to work. Uh-huh. Yeah, like right, like it was like switching over because uh-huh. I gave him my two weeks and then they found someone, they found her and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not leaving them all alone yeah, kind of thing. That's what's up. But like that's, that's when I had to make the decision that like I wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. an instructional assistant because I did go to school for video production. I did want to work on mm-hmm. like more public relations. So I did decide to go back to school and that meant that I couldn't work there anymore because it was so far. Yeah. It's a lot. Our it's discussions are just so much easier now. It's a lot to, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that hasn't always been the case. So, and not to say that, you know, like, it's, I, I, I think for us, it's like, we just have, me and you both are like extremely opinionated, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help that like, they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, so when you take that and you know because i'm very i feel like i'm opinionated but i'm also defensive and i grew up yes, being defensive yeah, yeah 
So when I feel like I'm being, even if like you obviously don't mean it, mm -hmm. if I feel like somewhat of my character or anything's being Is attacked, mm -hmm. I go <laughs> and I'm just like off. I'm like, oh really? Oh really? How is this happening? Someone, yeah. please explain to me. I get so bitchy, um, but I'm pretty, I'm offensively defensive. Not nah, yeah, I could yeah, <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah, but I do want to thank you for being on because. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that we could have this discussion. I I'm, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited to, um, I think, what we say, like, next week I would talk to. Yeah, so next next week uh, will be the uh, Misfit Misfit Riders. So. Misfit Riders. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say goodbye to you now. And I will catch you next week with All the Misfit right. Riders. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that it was one of the best conversations I've had on this topic with Kyron. If you guys liked that, please go ahead and give five stars on Apple iTunes. Please like, follow, whatever you need to do on Spotify. And please follow me on Instagram. I'm at adult card. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Also, Kyron didn't say it on the podcast, but he did specify afterwards that he would like that you go and follow his skating group on Instagram. It's Roland Smooth 8. I'm going to go ahead and put the information down in the bio, but please go and show them some love. They're doing some great things out here in the community. And I would really, I'm looking forward to talking to the whole group on the next pod. And with that being said, I will catch you guys next episode. Yeah.